everyone and welcome back to the Football Trigger podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I am joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast we will be reacting to this week's Champions League matches, previewing this week's upcoming Europa League and Conference League matches and Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next We'll be reacting to this week's Champions League matches. So on Tuesday, the 19th of September, and Wednesday, the 20th of September, this first round of Champions League matches was played. So I'll quickly go through all the matches that were played. So in Group A, the results were Galatasaray 2, Copenhagen 2, Bayern Munich 4, Man United 3. In Group B, it was Arsenal 4, PSV 0, and Sevilla 1, Lens 1. In Group C, it was Real Madrid 1, Union Berlin 0, Braga 1, Napoli 2. In Group D, it was Benfica 0, RB Salzburg 2, Real Sociedad 1, Inter Milan 1. In Group E, it was Feyenoord 2, Celtic 0, Lazio 1, Atletico Madrid 1. In Group F, it was AC Milan 0, Newcastle United 0. PSG 2, Borussia Dortmund 0. In Group G, it was Young Boys 1, RB Leipzig 3, Man City 3, Red Star Belgrade 1. In Group H, it was Barcelona 5, Royal Antwerp 0. In Shakhtar Donetsk 1, Porto 3. So Pierce, how do you feel about the Champions League returning and which match or matches did you watch? Yeah, well, it's always exciting time when um, the competitive action of Europe starts because you get to see the best teams against each other and obviously some um, minnows that kind of defy odds to even make it to the group stage at your point sometimes never heard of, but you get to see them on the, the European stage. And, and obviously most of the European superpowers in terms of like your Bayern Munich, your Real Madrid, your Barcelona's, they, they never really hit top gear into the first 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 or second game. She might catch them off guard, but um now there was some um some brilliant fixtures uh played on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, I think as a Scottish football fan, I think the the one that kind of stood out was the final two Celtic nil. And obviously the fact that Celtic went down to nine men and lost two and away from home was kinda of a shock. Um because I don't think Feyenoord um, in that match played that great but you can't you can't be d- doing some of the stupid decisions that the def- like the players kind of dive into tackles or pulling back because the, the, the officials in Europe are a lot more strict and then um, obviously then you just get found out at this level if, if you don't take your chances or you don't kind of make the right decision at certain moments and obviously I think you've got to come to the first goal um uh, the wall wasn't really positioned that great, and you kind of have to question a bit of Joe Hart in terms of his, his movement of his feet. But he is getting to the twilight age of years, but he did pull off a tremendous um, penalty save. Um, but I, I do feel as if it's not a horrible result. It could have been a lot worse considering it was down nine men, what, 25 minutes to play. It could have been three, four, five. A lot of teams would have capitulated. Um, so... A lot more to play, still five games left. And I think 
the other fixture stood out to me was yeah, so the other fixture was on Wednesday and that was uh, at Allianz Arena where uh, Bayern Munich won the match 4-3 against Manchester United. Um, I felt for probably the opening 10-15 minutes that Manchester United started pretty pretty well. They kind of it kind of took the opening goal to kind of kickstart Bayern into life. And um, and it was an absolute howler by Andre Onana. And I think his night, which went from bad to worse. Um, and I think, obviously, they were, Bayern Munich were 4-1 up at one point. But it just shows you they come back at the end. But I do think it shows you the frailties of Bayern Munich's defence as well as their frightening attack. But I think... Since it was opening game, it will come with time. And then Manchester United just keep keep struggling. Um, I think they've won two of the opening six fixtures in terms of like the league and obviously now Champions League. Um, and I, I do think that Eriksen Hag is obviously he said is kind of hampered by injuries, but I think he's starting to get under some uh, some criticism. And obviously, if you're not winning matches at Manchester United, then you could be well and truly out the door. Because um, you don't get time at massive clubs like Manchester United, and David Moyes found that out after replacing Sir Alex, and obviously leaving Hal, Jose Mourinho, some of the best managers around, have kind of found it hard to come by and, uh, with success at Manchester United. And uh, I do think it was obviously nice to see Harry Kane scoring in his English opposition, um, but I do think they'll become stronger as uh, the uh, as the weeks progress. Yep. Um... You know, obviously great to see the Champions League returning this week. It's always it's always good to see um, you know, probably the best club competition in the world. Um, you know, so really good to, for that to return. Uh, I'm the same as you. So the two matches, I managed to watch two matches, which was the final Celtic match and the Man U um, Bayern Munich match. So obviously just briefly touching on the Celtic final match, obviously final ran out 2-0 winners. Um I think from a Celtic point of view, it, it's pretty disappointing for them, you know, um, because from watching the game, I felt for 60 minutes in that match, Celtic were, were right in it. You know, obviously they lost a goal right on half-time, which they'll be really disappointed about. And then after 60 minutes, you know, uh, Celtic managed to get two red cards, which, you know, to- totally took the game away from them. I mean, you're never going to win a match with nine men. I mean, it's been... Probably a medical fact that to happen. Um, so probably a little bit of an experience there from Celtic. You know, there was a lot of young players playing in that team. Um, you know, uh, the two red cards came from two new Celtic signings from the summer who are all, who are both very young. You know, so and that was their first. That was both their first Champions League matches. So um, they'll have a lot to learn from that. Um, so yeah, a really disappointing start from Celtic. Um, because as you said as well. I don't think Feyenoord played their best. You know, they've been on top, tip-top form recently. Uh, get into that match, they'd scored 17 goals in three games. And I felt Celtic kind of matched them for quite a lot that match until obviously the red cards happened. So, yeah, pretty disappointing start from Celtic in the Champions League. And uh, in the Bayern Munich Man United match, obviously that ended 4-3. Uh, it was a bright match to watch. Lots of goals. Um, you know, I felt for Man United, in Man United's case, I felt that at the moment, defensively, they're just not they're not strong enough at the moment. But going forward, I don't think they have a problem. You know, they are capable of finding the back of the net, but it's defensively that they're 
they're letting in too many goals at the moment. Um, and if you're not strong enough at the in defence against a Bayern Munich attack, which is could arguably be the best in the world, then you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of problems. Uh, obviously, Onana's gonna have, uh, you know, that 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 be disappointing for him. The first goal, you know, he he knows. I think he even admitted it after the game that he should have done better. Um, so no, that was a really good match to watch. Uh, the Bayern Munich Man United match. Um, but I just wanted to quickly touch on the Lazio Atletico Madrid game. Um, so the fact that the Lazio goalkeeper scored in the last minute, which is something you don't see every week. Um, so that was really good. To, that was really good to see. Uh, quite quite different. And uh, obviously Arsenal's return to the Champions League uh, after I think six seven years, and they ran out comfortable four 0 winners against PSV, which is a great start for them. Um, but there was tons of other matches, but it's really good to see. Um, the Champions League returning. Uh, I just wanted to ask briefly, Pierce, do you think it's too early to judge which teams will progress from their groups? Yeah, I think it's far too early. Um, some players are just still getting up to speed, and obviously we're just back after international break, the first international break of the season. So, and obviously, as you see, like for for example, teams like Bayern Munich, um, you see their defence isn't kind of up to scratch. And they're still trying to get the new transitions. We like Kane, Sani, Gnabry, Musiala, Thomas Miller. Like you see, kind of the the things are they're not coming off fluidly, but they will as the weeks progress. And you're looking at Barcelona as well. They they look really sharp, but when they come to stronger opposition, that's when they're they're really tested. And I do think, obviously, when a lot of teams have the full contingency. You will see the best out of them, but I think you won't see the best, or you won't see the 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 kind of finishes of the group until maybe match day four. Um, I think that's when the business ends because teams start to really show what they're made of, and uh, they start to get a real fluency to the game. So I think it's far too early to, to see, but it's always exciting to see it back up and running again. Yeah, I agree. It's it is far too easy to kind of it's far too hard, sorry, to, to figure out who's going to progress from each group. I mean, if I was to make a kind of uh, thing in my head, you know, Group H, which includes Barca, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Porto and Royal Antwerp, I mean, I would say Barca are record favourites for in that group. You know, obviously they ran out 5-0 winners uh, in their first match. Um, like, the, there is a couple of groups that you, you look at and you go, I think they'll run out comfortable winners and safely go through to the last 16. But, it's far too early, um, you know, match day ones, you know, that you can't really read too much. Um, so it is far too early, but, um, you know, we'll talk about the Champions League more once it, I think, once it comes back um, in the next week or so. Um, so we will now move on to previewing the Europa League and Conference League matches. So on Thursday, the 21st of September, the first round of Europa League and Conference League matches will be played. So there is a lot of matches getting played. So it's it will be we'll be here a while if I was to read them all. So I'll just tell you the matches that teams from England and Scotland will be playing. And they include Liga Warsaw versus Aston Villa, Eintracht Frankfurt versus Aberdeen, LASK versus Liverpool, um, West Ham United versus TSC Baka Topola. Brighton versus AEK Athens, 
in Rangers versus Real Betis. So Pierce, which match from these list of fixtures are you looking forward to the most? Uh, well, obviously the Scottish contingency yet again. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Aberdeen away to Frankfurt and Germany. I think for the fans, um, it will be an absolute amazing trip to go and watch a side play in, in, the, in European football like, for the first time in I don't know how long in terms of group stage football. And obviously Frankfurt's a, a top-class opposition. They won the Europa League only a couple of seasons back against Rangers. So they're no doubt, they're, they're no mugs, they're a great European side. Um, so it'll be a really tough task for them. But um, I think it'll be, a, it'll, for the fans, it'll be a, an unbelievable experience. But I just hope it's not too much of a, a high-scoring game for Aberdeen because they've struggled domestically at the start of the season under Barry Robson. And I uh, just kind of hope they can pick up some form domestically um, at the weekend as well. And it doesn't, it doesn't dent their confidence even further. And in terms of the Rangers, Real Betis, I think Rangers um, played well at the weekend. Um, and obviously this is a real test because Real Betis is a a, a side that um, Scottish football fans know very well because they played um, was it Celtic in the Europa League not so long ago. And um, they were both high-scoring games, so it, they prove that they can they can score, outscore opposition, but they can also concede quite a lot. They're quite suspect at the back. And at the start of their season, they've been quite, they've been chopping and changing with their goalkeepers with 40-year-old Claudio Bravo and um, Portuguese goalkeeper Rui Silva. Um, but I'm really excited to see five times Champions League winner, Real Bet- uh, Isco, back in action for Real Betis. Um, he's opening three La Liga games after nearly a year of football out. He gets three man in a match awards, a goal and two assists as well. So I think it'll be it'll lovely to see his twinkle toes at Ibrox. And um and it's applause of that calibre to play in Scotland is um it's just a joy joy to behold. And um in terms of that game, I think it will be quite high scoring, but it could go either way. Um with Rangers home advantage, you would predict maybe a, a narrow victory, but it that game's too tight to call. But no, that is the game um that's kinda exciting me the most. And obviously I think Brighton in Europe for the very first time against AK Athens, that is an exciting sight to see under Deserbi. I think they can go very far, and I think they're probably one of the favourites to go on and probably lift the Europa League at the first time of asking. And um, because the side that they've built, um, the side that they've assembled is just in the football they play is just so exciting to watch. And I expect them to, to score quite a lot of goals as AK Athens. I don't see another 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 winner on that tie, and I think Brighton. We'll start off really well in the in the campaign in the Europa League. Yep. Um so obviously um from these list of fixtures, you know, you just touched on it. Um the one that stands out really to me is from a Scottish football fan point of view, the Aberdeen versus Eintrank Frankfurt match. Uh, obviously Aberdeen going over to Germany tonight to play Frankfurt. Um you know, it would be the massive shot if Aberdeen managed to pull a result out of that. Uh, uh, managed to pull a result out, but it's going to be really, really difficult for them. You know, Frankfurt won the Europa League uh, two years ago. Um, obviously, they're not in it this year. Um, but, you know, it's going to, I mean, I'm trying Frankfurt stadiums. It's a massive stadium. You know, they've got really hostile fans. Uh, it's going to be a really, really, really tough 
tough match for Aberdeen. You know, as you've said, they're 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 in quite a difficult moment. You know, they've not started the league well at all. Um, you know, they're kind of really struggling in terms of I think if I of an identity at the moment. You know, um, I don't think many fans kind of know where Aberdeen are going in terms of their style of play. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be a tough tough night for them. Um, I think a lot of the players for Aberdeen are going to learn a lot about themselves. I think against Eintracht Frankfurt because this is going to be at the top top level for them. Um, you know, I mean, I don't want to sit there and say that Aberdeen are going to get really really badly beaten, but if Aberdeen do get beat and they only get beat by a narrow by a narrow margin, you know, I think they'll be disappointed to lose, but I think they'd be happy with that. You know, I don't think they want to go there and they get. I don't think they want to go and they come back and they've been beaten by five, six goals. I mean, that'll do nothing for them. Um, so that's going to be a really, really tough match for them. But for Aberdeen fans, it's so exciting. You know, a really exciting match for them. Uh, the other match as well uh, that stands out to me is the Brighton match, as you were saying. Brighton's first time in the um, European competition. You know, Brighton are just, they're just a joy to watch, you know, at the weekend. They, they beat Man United at Old Trafford quite easily, to be honest. And Brighton didn't even have the best team out in that day. So, you know, for Brighton fans, it must be so exciting at the moment, um, you know, to see to see their team in Europe, you know. And I think they'll be quietly confident that they could, they could go really far in the competition. Uh, you know, they've got a really, really good manager, a really good team. There's so many players in that team that you could point out that are really, really good players. Um, and I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, I really do. I think I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. Um, obviously Liverpool against LASK. You know, it's it's pretty strange to see Liverpool in the Europa League. You know, they're so used to playing in Champions League recently. You know, playing in finals, won the Champions League not that long ago. Uh, you know, they're going to be clear play for them to win Europa League. You know, with the, the strength of squad they've got, the attacking players. That they've got, and you know they've they've started really well in the league. Um, you know they're going to be a pretty tough team to beat, um, in the Europa League, um, and I think their fans will be expecting them to win this competition whole uh, as a whole. Um, so pretty strange to see them in the Europa League. Um, and just lastly, I just want to touch on the Rangers Real Betis match. You know, a really good match to to kind of to start off. Um, you know the Europa League. Uh, you know, two teams that are probably similar in ability. You know, um, you know, Rangers are kind of going through a little bit of a sticky patch in the moment. A lot of eyes on Michael Beale. Um, you know, to see where I come through this kind of disappointing last few results I've had. Um, and Real Betis, you know, they've always been a strong side in the Liga. You know, uh, you were saying that they do have an issue at goalkeeping, at the goalkeeper situation at the moment. Um, so that's a really exciting match to watch. Um. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's you know from all these list of fixtures that we've you know they they do look they do look really exciting. Uh, I just want to ask you, Pierce, do you enjoy watching the Europa League and and the Conference League? Yeah, I do. Um, because like you see, you say that you probably wouldn't normally watch. Um, and I and you're looking now, like you seen last season, um, Roma won the the Conference League. And that was the very first time of it of its uh, installation in, in the European game. 
And I do think, if you look at the Conference League, some of the sides are really big European sides, as well as Europa League. You look at, like you say, you're saying Liverpool. Champions League winners literally in 2020. So you get massive sides dropping down, and then obviously, and then you'll get bigger sides dropping out of the Champions League and who finished third in their group as well. So, no, I think that you get some tasty ties. Um, and it, some of the football is nice to watch as well. And you do take you do you do get some bigger sides that kind of feel like a second string side, to, like most of the English sides that usually do that to try cope with the, the balance of European and domestic football. But no doubt there's some talented opposition and um, some really interesting fixtures, and I'm really looking forward to it, eh? Yeah, same with me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a massive fan of the Europa League, and I wasn't a massive fan when the Conference League first started. But what I've noticed, I think, the last couple of years is that, you know, I think the Europa League especially has got really, really stronger. You know, as you've said, Liverpool. Villarreal, who are, you know, they've won the Europa League quite a few times. Um, you know, Roma are in it, for example, Bayer Leverkusen, who are a really top side. Um, you know, teams like Ajax as well. You know, so lots of really strong teams in the Europa League um, that, that this season. Um, and there's lots of really exciting matches um, to watch in the Europa League. And same in the Conference League as well. You know, what I like about the Conference League is the fact that it gives... Um, these kind of so-called smaller teams who are not the biggest teams in the world, the chance to compete in Europe and go around the and go around Europe and and compete. Obviously, we're just talking about Aberdeen. You know, 40, 40 years ago, they were a massive European side, you know. You know, they got to the final in the European the, the European Super Cup, I think it was against Real Madrid. Obviously, as football's progressed, you know, they've kind of fallen away, but for Aberdeen, for example, and to get back into into European football, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. You know, um, well, I'd like to just uh, say something as well about that, the Aberdeen side. Um, that's the last side ever to beat Real Madrid in a European final. Well, there you go. It's, that just says it all. Like, they've got a really good European history. Um, so, that, so, teams like that, for example, it's really exciting to see them back on the European stage. You know, um, and I quite like that. I quite like when these kind of not the biggest clubs in the world, but they, they have the chance to represent themselves in Europe and go around go around Europe and play these different teams. Uh, so no, I am a fan of it. I do, I do like I do like watching the Europa League and the Conference League, and uh, yeah, you know it's um, I'm really excited for to watch it tonight and um, to see how the results go, and we'll talk about it more um, next week on the podcast. Um, so for the final part of the show. Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so um, we'll start with uh, some Korean uh, first division action. Um, so on Saturday, the sixteenth of September, we had Incheon United two, Jeju United one, uh, Jumbuk Hyundai Motors one, Gangwon FC three, uh, Poang Steelers two, Suwon FC nil, Ilsan Hyundai one, Dejan Hana Citizen one, and then on Sunday, the seventeenth of September. With FC Seoul nil, Guangzhou FC one, uh, Suwon Samsung Blue Wings nil, and Daegu FC one. Uh, with Guangzhou's victory on Sunday, um, that has now set a record points total in a single season in the K League one, uh, for Guangzhou FC, uh, because the fact is they're only formed in twenty twelve, 
and they've they've only new, been newly promoted, and whenever they've been promoted in the past, they've always kind of been up and down. But um, to get into third position this season, and uh, by quite a comfortable margin, I think it's been a breath of fresh air in the K League one. So in terms of the the standings, this is how it's this is how it looks. So at the top of the table, we've got Ulsan Hyundai in first position on sixty two points. Every team's played 30 matches now. Um, so Pong Steelers is second on 56. And uh Pong Steelers is just confidently in uh, in quite just kind of plodding along with a work and just kind of narrowing that gap ever so slightly on Ulsan Hyundai. And as we touched on Guangzhou FC, third person in 48, and um having a remarkable season um back in the, the first uh, first division. In terms of bought me the bought me the table. Um, had a monumental victory for Gang One FC, who were rock bottom of the the division for quite quite a while. They defeated um Jumbridge and the Motors, who were fought record champions of the K League. Um, so that takes them off the foot of the table on twenty four points. So we've got Suwon Samson Bluewings in twelve on twenty two points, and then the Suwon counterparts Suwon FC in tenth position on twenty nine points. So it's really tight down the bottom and at the top, and it's exciting because um, there's only a few matches left to play, and um, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So moving on to the Japanese first division, so J-League 1. So on, it's that, starting on Friday, the 15th of September, with uh, Kawasaki Frontale 1, FC Tokyo 0, uh, Ura Red Diamonds 0, Kyoto Sanga FC 0, uh, Yokama F Mariners 1, Sagan Tusu 1, and on Saturday, the 16th of September, we had Kashima Antlers 1, Cerezo Osaka 0, Abispa Fukuoka 1, Nagoya Grampus 0, uh, Hokkaido Consadol Sapporo 0, Shonan Belmere 1, Sanfetsu Hiroshima 2, Vassel Kobe 0. And then on, to round things off, on Sunday, the 17th of September, two fixtures Yokama FC 1, Kawashia Racial 2, Gambo Osaka 1, and Albrecht Nagata 1. So we had a debut in the G League at the weekend. Um, it wasn't a, a great debut for one matter of Vassell Kobe as they lost away to San Fetchi Hiroshima, but it's great to see a player of that calibre grace the fields of the Japanese first division. So the top of the table, um, Vassell Kobe remained top only by a point ahead of um, Yokama F. Marnos. Um, so they've got 52 points, Yokama F. Marnos 51. And then we've got all the way down to 7th, 37th, Kashi Antlers on 46, Urare Diamonds on 46, Nagoya Grampus in 5th position on 46 points as well, and then Cerezo Saka in 6th position on 45 points, and then 7th position San Fretti Roshma on 44. So as you can see, we've got 5 sides separated by 2 points, and 3 sides on exactly the same points, only separated by goal difference. So in terms of um, Asian Champions League positions. Um, it's going to be really exciting, and they've still got six or seven games left in the division. So, and even then, they've still got an outside chance of the, the title because Yokama F. Maros and Vassell Kobe in recent weeks, the last month or so, they've kind of dropped off. They've barely picked up any victories that ha haven't been so consistent throughout the campaign up to date. Um, but at the bottom, it's just as tight as well. So, in 18 positions, Sean and Bell on 21 points. Yokama FC on 22, and in 16th position, we've got Cassio Arezzo on 26. So in terms of other Asian football news, we've got the return of the ACL, which is the Asian Champions League. 
Um, so that kicked off on Monday with the start of the group stages. So on Tuesday, um, we had Ilsen Hyundai 3, um, BG Patham United 1, Thai side, Yukam uh, Fmaros 2, Intron United 4, uh, Johor, Darul, Tazim, Nil, Kawasaki, Frontale 1. And then on Wednesday, the 25th of September, we had Jumbut Hyundai Motors against Kitchi of Hong Kong. And we had Hanoi versus Poang Steelers as well. And then we had also Wuhan Three Towns versus Ura Red Diamonds. And we had Melbourne City versus Vent for it, Kofu of the J League 2. And they managed to get the first point of the ACL. And in, in this is a maiden campaign in this um, competition. So it's great to see, aside from the Japanese second division, compete in European uh, in Asian kind of equivalent to the Champions League. So the current holders, Urari Diamonds of the J League One, will start the defence of the ACL crown away to CCL side Wuhan Three Towns. They'll be looking for back-to-back titles, and number four is on the lips of their supporters. So K League One is considering expanding the number of players on the substitute list to nine instead of seven next season. Uh, but some clubs are opposed to this on the grounds that it would increase the cost of away games. And a football manager has announced an agreement with the J-League to become a licensed league in Football Manager 2024. The game is due out on the 6th of November 2023. This will no doubt excite fans, not just of Asian or Japanese football, but the world over as Football Manager 2024 is now giving you the chance to manage one of 60 teams across the top three divisions of Japanese football. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.